0: Welcome to Mothers with Sons. It's a podcast for moms parenting young men. I'm Dennis Boyd, your host. Welcome to a new episode. Welcome to episode eight. And during this episode, I'm going to share my philosophy and approach to working with adolescent young men and just adolescents in general. And It's inspired by a young man that I met at his school and he and I had a conversation that lasted for probably about an hour. And in the time that he and I shared together, I was really surprised at how much personal information and how vulnerable he was with me. And towards the end of our conversation, I had asked him, you know, what other adults have you shared this with? And he said, no one. And then I asked him, you know, why haven't you shared this with like another adult? And his response was adults don't listen and they don't care. And when I asked him that in that particular context, it was. In reference to the adults at his school. And he said, you know, his perception was that they don't care. And then I asked him, did he share it with his mother and he said, no. And I asked him why. And he said, because she wouldn't understand. So I had the pleasure of meeting his mom a few weeks later. And after I met his mom, I understood why he thought that she wouldn't understand. Some of the things that he shared with me would have probably sent his mom through the roof and she would have, you know, had a very visceral, emotional response, which would have in turn. You know, caused him to actually shut down emotionally emotionally and just not talk. So I, I really understood where he was coming from. And my goal was at the time was to guide him to having that relationship with his mother. And I still periodically speak to him. So I'm actually, you know, working to help her to, you know, develop a relationship with him so that he can actually begin to share some of the things that he shared with me with her. So my philosophy and approach is about curiosity i approach things with adolescents with the curiosity and my philosophy with myself is always be curious about why and when i approach it with this curiosity you know i'm always interested in what they're thinking why they're thinking what they're thinking i'm curious about who's influencing them i'm curious about where they're getting their information from I'm always really, really fascinated by how they see their problem, how they define themselves in the context of the problem. You know, I'm always intrigued by, you know, how they see their successes. I'm always interested in what makes them tick and what their primary motivation is. Because those are the things that kind of help me or give context to what's important to them. And I thought that sharing my approach would give you another strategy with your son or with young men, depending on, you know, your background or where you are. And I want to say that this is not a panacea or a substitute for building and having a relationship with the young man that you're trying to um, influence, lead, or develop a relationship with. It's really important that you really build a relationship. None of these things are actually going to be a substitute for building that relationship that's a sustainable one. So my curious approach has helped me do the following. It's helped me to strengthen relationships with young men. It's helped me to suspend judgment. It's helped me to actively listen. It's helped me to seek to understand rather than seek to be understood or problem solved. And it's helped me get to the why and the why is just understanding what's going on from their vantage point rather than my own. Now, I'm going to share how I've benefited from my curious approach. One of the first things that I've noticed is that when I approach young men with this sense of curiosity, it's always led to a broader conversation that fosters a relationship that just grows stronger and it fosters and it builds trust. Um, It gives them the space where they can actually be vulnerable and share things that they otherwise wouldn't share. Number two is it provides a safe space for them to talk. Young men mostly do not talk and it provides them with that, you know, safe space so that they can actually feel free to talk without um, being interrupted. The other benefit is that it's tempered my patience. So it's helped me to actually, you know, abandon and suspend me wanting to fix the problem, get to the bottom of it. And it's enabled me to be patient and allow them to go through their process, which leads to the next one, which is, you know, It's enabled me to get to hear and actually listen to their story. And too often their narrative isn't told and there are judgments, decisions that are made without understanding the story. And next, which is one of my most important things is, you know, my curious approach has helped me to to be empathic and compassionate. And lastly, it's provided me with an opportunity to love them and to honor and respect who they were in that moment. It really gives you an opportunity to be 100 percent present in a moment. My curious approach has helped me to suspend judgment. And here have been some of the benefits. So right off the bat, young people know When they're being judged, it's in our body language. I mean, the nonverbal cues for those of us who say something or ask questions, you know, why would you do something so stupid? What were you thinking? You know, when you suspend judgment, it helps you resist those knee jerk reactions to the things that they're saying or the things that they may have done. When I've suspended judgment, it's helped remind me that the prefrontal cortex you know, the foremost part of the brain isn't fully developed. And even with all of my training and knowledge of adolescent development, there are times where I have to remind myself, this is a teenager, like they're making decisions from their, their age and their vantage point. So it helps me to just, you know, just be reminded that it's a teenager. It's not an adult, it's a teen. It reminds me that they're making decisions. From their age, it's a 13-year-old making a decision with a 13-year-old brain. Suspending judgment has enabled me to listen to them objectively to try to understand from their perspective, not my own, but from their perspective. And the last thing that suspending judgment has helped me to do is to help them in their process. I recognize that they're making decisions with limited experience. The information that they have, they're employing it based on their ability to employ that information or with the skills and the tools that they have at this juncture in their lives. Actively listening has enabled me. So let me qualify active listening. Active listening is listening, not necessarily, not To respond or looking for a pause for me to insert something, but actively listening and watching their body language, looking at their eyes and seeing what they're feeling and what they're experiencing when they share or retell their story. Active listening is important because the truth is if they're not talking to you, they are talking to someone and you don't know who that someone is. So when I have the opportunity to actively listen to a young person, to a young man I'm listening. Just giving him a space where he can actually just vent. He may not want a response. He may not want advice, but he just may need someone who's going to listen to him and actively listening provides him with that space and it provides him with someone healthy and someone safe to talk to actively listening has provided me with the opportunity to connect with young men and to build and to strengthen the relationship. So if I already have a relationship, it gives me an opportunity to strengthen that relationship because with each conversation, there's more trust. So they may be more vulnerable. They may share more things with each conversation. So actively listening has helped me to foster relationships with young men that, you know, they're able to tell me and have shared some things that were very near and dear to their hearts. Now, One of the things that I've done and I work to do and make sure that I do is when I'm actively listening, I acknowledge the fact that they chose to share it with me. Like out of all of the people that they could have shared it with, they chose me. And as a parent, I don't think that they're obligated to talk to you. I think as they begin to grow and mature, they're choosing to come and talk to you. And I think acknowledging that you know, honors who they are as individuals. And number two, it honors yourself because you're saying, hey, I'm the type of parent that you actually want to come and talk to. And I'm proud that I am that parent. And lastly, when I actively listened and when I actively listen, the benefit is it communicates to a young man that I actually care. And that's really important because they recognize that you can be doing something else with your time. They recognize that, all of the adults before you didn't listen or chose not to listen or had something else that, you know, they deemed more important. But when we stop and we listen to young men, it really sends the message that we care. That we want to hear their story, that we want to hear their voice. So. I want to talk about the benefits of seeking to understand versus seeking to be understood versus problem solving and jumping right in. And I want to share, you know, the benefits of being available to understand where they may be coming from. So how I have sought to understand them is I've asked open-ended questions and typically I avoid yes or no questions unless they're just absolutely necessary. And I can't think of a scenario where a yes or no question is absolutely necessary right now, but I think it's, it's been safer to ask open-ended questions rather than to ask direct yes or no questions, because what it does, is it gives them the space and the opportunity to share their narrative. One of the ways that I will, you know, probe or the questions that I ask or a prompt that I may give is if he's sharing about why he did you fill in the blank, you know, I'll ask him, I'll say something like, you know, tell me what you were thinking when you decided that you were going to break your curfew. Like, help me. on un- just could you just tell me what was going on and what you were thinking before you made that decision? And in most cases, they actually just begin to just talk about they begin to reflect and they begin to talk about what they were thinking when, you know, leading up to that particular decision. One of the other questions that I'll usually ask or one of the prompts that I'll use on the back end of that is if you can share a little bit more about, you know, what you were thinking by way of what the outcome was going to be when you knew that you were going to break your curfew. Um. You know, I'll say something like, what did you think your, the response of your mom was going to be when you came home an hour late and you didn't call her to notify her that you were going to be late. And they'll usually just kind of talk or they'll at least begin to reflect and think about it. And then they'll talk, you know, another one of the approaches that I have. And one of the ways that I kind of prompt and just probe or just my curious approach is. You know, now that you've made these decisions, you know, if you could go back and do anything over, would you, Or well, what would you do differently? You know, and they'll tell you what they would do differently, or they've told me what they would do differently. And then I would ask, you know, what's the one thing that you've learned from this? If you could only take away one lesson from this, what would that be? And they'll usually tell me what the one thing is that they would do differently or the one thing that they would change And what that does, it just informs me about what they're thinking, what they're actually taking away. So if the takeaway is something and they're only seeing the micro aspect of it and not recognizing that there's a macro aspect of it that's impacting other people, then I'll begin to ask another series of questions, open-ended questions that may lead them to seeing how their decisions are impacting people other than themselves. So in a sense, let's just use the curfew as an example. And he only sees, oh, I'm going to be grounded. I'll ask a question that may sound something like this. So do you think that, you know, you breaking your curfew or arriving home late without informing your mom, do you think, how do you think that that impacts or if you think it impacts her at all? And in some cases, it's been like, no, it doesn't impact her. She's just trying to control me. And I'll ask another question. Do you think that she may be concerned about you, that something may or may not have happened to you because you haven't at least contacted her to let you know, let her know that you're safe? And usually in a lot of cases, they're like, no, nah, I didn't even think of that. Because in their mind, they're not thinking that mom worries. They're thinking that mom is just a pain in the neck and she's just getting on me and she's trying to control me. In an adolescent mind, especially young men, this is a time and a period where they're vying for their independence, you know, and the mediating factor is, you know, what so the the social norms are in their peer or their reference group. So if everyone in their peer group has a curfew that's 11 o'clock and they have one that's at nine o'clock, you know, it impacts you know, how they perceive themselves in the context of their reference group. And then they're looking at their reference group and what, you know, jokes may be being made about them. But when we frame it in the macro sense of, okay, this is how it's impacting your mom. This is what she's thinking. This is how she's feeling. It then elevates their thinking to bring them above being selfish, which is par for adolescence. And it helps them begin to think about the decisions that they're making and how they're impacting other people now getting to the why. So my curious approach to adolescence and just taking this inquiry based approach to learning about them helps me get to the why. Now, when I'm mining and digging and trying to get to the why, You know, sadly, in a lot of cases, it's been to problem solve. It's been because there's a crisis of some sort. And I'm trying to understand what they were thinking or what the root of the problem is. So getting to the why helps us to unearth what the core of the issue may be. And in a positive sense, getting to the why helps us unearth the attributes, the characteristics, the traits, the disciplines and the things that adolescents are going through to help them replicate that success. So when they're doing something successful, we want to probe and we want to be curious about it to help them replicate that success. So let's just say, you know, he Johnny hasn't done well in science and this particular day he gets a 90 in science. I would approach that with curiosity. I would ask him what he did differently this time than what he's done on his previous exams. And he may say, you know, I studied, you know, for an extra hour. I probably, you know, he may say something like, you know, I got to class on time. He may some say something like, you know, I made sure I got rest. I may have ate lunch before I had the exam this particular day. But whatever it whatever those things are. It's a way of celebrating him, honoring him, applauding him affirming him and then helping him to recognize that he can replicate that success in all of his other classes. If necessary, it helps him to replicate that success in all of his other classes. If that's what's necessary. So getting to the why really helps us get to the core of these issues and these things. But one of the most important things that it does For me, as I approach, you know, young people and I'm looking to get to the why is it helps. It gives me a better and a deeper understanding of the person standing in front of me. It gives me a better and a deeper understanding of the person that's standing in front of me, because as they're talking. I get to see what they're thinking, why they're thinking the emotion that may be attached to some of the things that they're sharing. And it then it helps informs how I support him. So if he doesn't feel like he can talk to anyone at home or like he doesn't have an adult that he feels safe with, I can say, hey, what I can do is I can actually, you know, speak to your mom or create an opportunity for you to talk to your mom or another adult of your choice about this so that you don't feel alone. And that at least opens the dialogue to teaching them how to be responsible and to invite other adults into their life. So essentially what I do is I work to position them to pass the baton to an adult that they trust. I can set the stage so that he has the opportunity to tell his story rather than me saying, hey, this is what's going on with John. No, I help and I support him by providing him with the opportunity or the platform to then tell his own story. And then what it does is it enables him to see that it's safe to share yourself with other adults. It requires you to take risk. It requires courage, but it can be done if you're willing to go out on the limb and trust the same way that you trusted me. You can actually give someone else a chance and everyone isn't always going to be receptive. Everyone isn't always going to respond, but you owe it to yourself not to suffer in silence. And that's what getting to the why does. It helps me inform how I support them. So that's how I apply my curious approach and my philosophy to working with young men. And I hope that there's something that you've been able that you're able to take and apply. In your relationship with your son, you know, as you move forward with your son, I'm hoping that you at least give it a shot and try to approach him with curiosity, because what I've discovered is that you learn a lot about the person in front of you. It gives you the opportunity to learn about him. It'll give you the opportunity to learn some things about yourself. Are you curious about how he may be interpreting your parenting? May you, are you curious about his perception about your parenting and the family dynamics and different things? but just to understand how he's perceiving it will give you the information that you need to know to understand how he's processing it and it may require that you change language but that accu- but that curiosity is what will help bridge the gap between his perception versus the reality and i just want to remind you he's a teenager processing adult communication with a teenage brain so when he says yes i understand be curious about whether or not he really understands because there's a probability that he may not really understand it the way that you think he understands it. And the way that you understand it as adult, as the adult who's actually communicated that information. So I'm hoping that you were able to take away at least one thing. If you're able to apply just one thing, then I'm grateful for having shared, you know, my philosophy and approach with you. you that brings this episode to a close. On your journey of parenting, I want to leave you with the words of Jill Churchill. There's no way to be a perfect mother, but a million ways to be a good one. I hope you've been encouraged and inspired. And on behalf of your sons, thank you.